Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And before we jump into the podcast, before we give you the rundown of what's happening on this podcast. Some would say a jam-packed show today. I, you would probably say I would that. Say I'm that. not going to steal that because that's your, <laughs> that's you. that's well, your saying. I'm passing it off to you like a good point guard. I'm passing you the rock. No, I'm not going to do that because that's synonymous <laughs> with you. And you are going to have the, the coffee cup or whatever that was, right? The mug. Yeah, you have the mug. Yeah. So you're going to, yeah, I'm not going to steal that. You have a whole bit. So, um, but before we do that, we're going to get <laughs> into some housekeeping. Check out patreon.com slash most valuable podcast. We're going to have Jake on soon. And Jake's got two mm-hmm. episodes in the month of January. We're going to get that boy on. He's a wet boy. He's always a wet boy in our hearts. We also yep. got uh, a couple other buddies we got over there. We got. Pat, we got uh, Christian, Christian. and uh, there's one more, right? Didn't We've got him? Hubertus. Who, Hubertus, yes. It was funny him. to see him comment and be like, it's funny to see you guys try to pronounce my name. Didn't you mention you there was a new one, though, like on the outside There kick? was. It's uh, Mitchell, I think. It's Brandon's friend. Oh, okay. I'm gonna look it up. All right, cool. Because mm-hmm. I remember you mentioned something on the outside kick. I was like, I didn't, I didn't That's remember awesome. that. Yeah, so yeah. shout out to Mitch over there. Is it Mitch or Mitchell? I think it's Mitch or Michael, one of the two. I'm looking it up okay. right now. Mitch, Michael, sure. dude, we love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just found out about you. So I'm sorry if we're pronouncing your name wrong. But go check out patreon.com slash Podcast. You can help support us over there. Also, check out mostavailablepodcast.com. We revamped it. Go check it out. It's super fun over there. You can Matthew. Check out Matthew. Matthew. Woo. Matthew. So Obviously, I was Ricky wrong on both cares so You're much right general areas. We've got, we've got so We've got six <laughs> patrons now that I got to keep track of name-wise. I love you, Matthew. Though. I hope we get so many more that you can't remember any of them. I won't. Uh, we Someday will I will sure. not. I will make sure that every podcast I start with naming all of our patrons. <laughs> uh, but also check out mostvalopodcast.com if you want a shirt and Most Valuable Podcast shirt. Check mm-hmm. it out. There is a link uh, over there on uh, to take you to the store. And also if you're on mm-hmm. iTunes, uh, rate us five stars over the Fast Break Podcast, the Onset Kick, Rick and Johnny Podcast, and the Primetime Podcast. We'd appreciate it so much. Uh, but let's get into it, boys. We are talking about what the Clippers should do with Lou Williams. Are the Miami Heat a legit contenders? And then we're talking about Everyone's favorite team, the Orlando Magic, and what they should do with the number one pick. Because they're not there yet, but they damn sure will be when this podcast comes <laughs> up. Let's jump into our wet boys before we do that. We got the soggy shooters, the damp dudes, the wet boys. And before we get in, we got to talk about mm-hmm. what a wet boy is, because that was a comment. And yeah, it wet was. boys uh, are people who are wet, people who are <laughs> soggy, people who are so wet you can't stop them. People are just, you know, it's, it's a flood of moisture coming from these men. They're so, they're, they're doing work and they're perspirating. They're wet boys. Damn it. All right, Ricky, who's your wet boy? My wet boy is, and I know what people are going to say. I know Dave was thinking he's your, it. He's uh, your slimy shooter. I don't even have snake. Well, you're, like you're slimy the, snake. Oh, Ricky only picks him because they played one game, but it's Kevin Durant. One game Kevin wonders. Durant, I mean, round up here, but 40 points, only four rebounds, one steal. Didn't round up, point, didn't yeah, round up for one game. You didn't game. round up for that game? Why would you round up <laughs> for one game? True. So 40 <laughs> points. He scored 40 points. I rounded up. rebounds, one assist. 
forgot wasn't averages on mine, but <laughs> 78% from the field, 86 from three. And the most important reason why he's one of my wet boys this week, guys, is he joins a fraternity of, what is it now? He's the fifth person. Will, MJ, Kobe, and LeBron are the other two to have 20,000 points in their career. And he's the second youngest with no, there's, LeBron. There's You're forgetting more, the scoring champion, too. Yeah, well, there's also Dirk. There's also Kareem. He's not the fifth I'm looking guy right that, here. It says he's one of just five players to have scored. Oh, before turning 30. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, he's the second quickest. I don't know who the I'm guessing it's LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. LeBron was the quickest. He's the second quickest. Yeah, so I say, forgot the under 30. Yeah, yeah. I was about to there say, because Kareem, Kareem's the yeah. scoring leader at 38. <laughs> there's also at Dirk, 30, Mello, Vince yeah. Carter, D. Wade, Gasol, and Joe Johnson. I'm sorry, Sean. Well, I know. When you said one of five, Makes us look ridiculous because we're forgetting okay. the guy who was the score thirty eight thousand points. Under thirty. Uh, I forgot. I had a joke going, but that was that was about it. That was a, a joke right there. Oh, okay. Dave, yeah. who's your? Uh, my white boy is Lou Will. We're gonna talk about him a little bit later, but dude's been popping off. He has been. Uh, he he's just a score. Like if you want the ball in the basket, Lou Will can do it any which way. He does it coming off the bench as a starter. He's made this Clippers team look watchable. Like, as a, as someone who watches basketball, he's at least interesting. It kind of gives you a whole new appreciation for uh, what kind of shit he can drag through, you know? And he's a back-to-back wet boy as well. He is. We don't have a lot of uh, back-to-back wet boys. I think James Harden was one of them, but other yeah. than that, I think Lou Williams KP is KP and Harden. Oh, KP was too. Yeah. So there we go. We got we got our third back-to-back wet boy. No one probably was predicting that it was Lou Will, so if you had that as a prop bet, uh, definitely let us know in the comments <laughs> down below. Uh, my wet boy, it was Ricky's backup plan, uh, but he's my number one. I'm so he is, happy. He's number one he in your so heart. Happy. He's a finisher. He is oh. the finish finisher. <laughs> Laurie Marketing, 21 points per game, 8 total rebounds per game, 100% from the free throw line. I know Ricky loves I'll take that. It. 90 and above, I'll take it. When people hit uh, you know, shots from the free throw line, 49% from the field and 54% from three. Laurie Marketing looking like a goddamn stud out there. And that's why the Bulls, I mean, some people were mentioning like, oh, if you, if you, I think it was on our mock draft. Doesn't matter if Nico plays, Laurie will win us games now. It's true. But I think people were <laughs> mentioning yep. on our mock draft, it was like, oh, you when you're drafting that high in the draft, you shouldn't be going by uh, need, you should be going by mm-hmm. BPA. But when you have a player like Laurie Marketing who you just drafted, you're not going to draft someone at the power forward position yeah. because you already have someone at the power forward position. I mean, yeah. it's just that simple. I mean, now, people are yeah, mentioning that like about to like, say, you know, my favorite phrase, it's, it's you don't go out there and you dad dick KP. Like you, you dad dick the unicorn and you're like, nah, nah, we need a power forward. No, you take, you take, you take a fit. Dirt. I will be completely honest. You look at his stats when KP was guarding him compared to anyone else. KP did do some good defensive work against Lori. KP didn't put effort in trying to close out that three-point line, the long twos. Like, there's just noticeable dad dicking going on. Dirk did say that he's got some uh, he's got some uh, unicorn in him, so <laughs> there you go. Well, let's jump in, boys. We were talking about Sweet Lou Williams, the uh, seventh man of the year in the NBA last year. Um, behind. Oh, that's uh, mean. He got, I was like, what is he saying? The seventh man. <laughs> yeah. He was behind Eric Bledsoe. He was, yeah. he was great, but he's a seventh man. True. Uh, but he was fantastic with the Lakers, fantastic with the Rockets. Was off to a slow start out and out and uh, you know with the clip show wasn't fantastic out there he he wasn't bad but he was you know slow start right now he's absolutely ridiculous you look from his stats from December twentieth to January tenth he's averaging thirty point five points per game forty six percent from the field fifty four percent from three. 91% from the line, and he's also throwing in five assists as well. So he's not only just scoring buckets out there. Lou Williams is dropping pretty much like, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know, what would I say? Maybe like Kobe numbers, like small Kobe numbers. What? 
like, you know, like 2008, 2009, 2007, 2008 Kobe. Like Kobe numbers. <laughs> the 30, 2000s decade Kobe. 30 mm-hmm. points. Well, I mean, he's doing it in like, you know, two, th- three weeks, but he's still yeah. doing Kobe numbers in three weeks. Nah, he's, um, he's doing great. Yeah, Lou Williams is absolutely killing away. it right now. Back yeah. to back week uh, being a wet boy. Um, but looking at it and looking at the Clippers, the big thing is that, you know, this team right now is on fire. You look at their record. In those games, they had a two-game win streak, lost one. They had, uh, I think, they had three three losses. Pretty much, they had three losses um, in eleven games. So they're eight and three um, in their past eleven. Obviously, you know, they got off to a rough start. Blake getting injured, Milos getting injured, Pat Bev getting injured, Danilo's been injured. Uh, Austin Rivers has been banged up as well. But, just Clippers as usual. Yeah, but this team is still ninth in the Western Conference, and and, and that's yeah. really due to Lou Williams' fantastic play of late. So looking at it, looking at this team, there's talks of an extension for Lou Williams. There's also talks on this podcast of, you know, maybe the Clippers should look to tearing down this team just due to what is going on. I mean, Doc, there's always been rumors that he might not be the coach. He might not be the fit. They might look to move away from him. You look at Blake as well. FC, they got rid of CP3 going into this year. They you know made the move to get Danilo. What I'm trying to say, though, is what should the Clippers be doing? Should they be looking into trading Lou Williams? Should they be looking to extend him? Should they be looking to keep this core around as well of Lou Williams, Blake Griffin, uh, Milos, Pat Bev, uh, DeAndre Jordan, and then uh, Danilo as well? Dave, what are your thoughts on the Los Angeles Clippers, especially the run they've been going on lately? I honestly love it, and I wish to God that they would like get over their curse of injuries because having Milos, Pat Bev, Austin, and Lou Will – and I, I want to throw in Thorny as well, just because I I really loved him as a college player, and I think he's you know off to a decent start. Mm-hmm. But like those four guys, especially in your backcourt, that's legit. You have one of the best passers in the league. You have one of the best defenders in the league. Lou Will can create for himself. He can also seems to be pairing really well with DeAndre Jordan um, for uh, post moves. And then like Austin Rivers, for the amount of shit that gets talked about him, he's still a solid player, and I, I do like him as a player. Daddy so boy. yeah. But he's there. still a good player, mm-hmm. regardless. So, like, you have a really solid uh, backcourt. The problem is, you know, health, like you said. So, if you're stuck in a position where DeAndre Jordan's been basically on the trade market since, you know, I don't know, the third injury for the Clippers, so, like, mm-hmm. week two, um, I don't know. I, I don't feel enticed to be like, we're going to rebuild around Lou Williams, who is, well, uh, uh, someone who is not, you know, doing bad by any means, but it's just like he's already at this point in his career where – He's established and he's in his prime, and he's yeah, thirty-one he, years old. He can drag yeah. a team like that's why the Lakers had to trade him because he was dragging them to wins. That's why he ended up going to Houston so early in the season. So, I think that your probably best bet is to move the pieces this year and set yourself up for the twenty eighteen draft and the twenty nineteen draft. If you can get yourself a couple additional picks in each of those drafts, you are looking in great shape, honestly. Like, and that's just let's be practical. Your team's going to keep getting injured. Let's let's set plans for the future. Yeah, I mean, looking at Blake, I mean, Blake has not been a consistent bill of health throughout his whole career. You look at what he's been doing this year. I mean, it's really just been plagued with injuries from the month of December on uh, with that knee injury. Uh, starting on the uh, 30th of November, missed a ton of games, didn't return until the 29th of December. Then he only played nine minutes in that Golden State game on the 6th and was inactive uh, against Atlanta on the eighth, Ricky, are you on the same mind f- feel set? At I'm, least, uh, you know, mind camp. I don't know what I'm talking about here, but I, are well, you still in the, are you in the are same we brain camp Lincoln here? The, the thing that I'm leaning towards is if you ask me, re-sign or trade, I'm leaning towards trade. Yeah, and the reason being is I think the thing that's going to decide this ultimately for the Clippers is what are you going to do 
with DeAndre Jordan, where there have been articles from, like, September where, yeah, they're in talks with DeAndre Jordan to extend his contract, but there's no deal in place. Then you look online, and there's also the same article that's, like, five possible destinations, or (laughs) can the Cavs, what can they do with DeAndre Jordan? So there's that option, too. And I feel like, let's say for the Clippers, if they trade DeAndre Jordan, Mm -hmm. why would, like, I'm thinking, why would I sign... Lou Williams, why would, if that point I'm trading DeAndre Jordan, let me trade Lou Williams, who 30 is, like, if he was 28, 29, like three years younger, I'd feel a little bit better. Like Dave said, he's still in his prime, but he's not, yeah. like, 28, which would be, like, that is, if like, If you're 27, you're at the start of yeah. your prime, in my mind. Like, mm-hmm. even these days now, it seems mm-hmm. like it's 25, but, like, yeah. yeah, at 31, he can still ball out yeah. as he's doing. The thing that I look at, though, is... Also looking at, like, his season stats, mm-hmm. is this just the flash in the pan? Like, is this going to be a flash in the pan year for him? Because, like, in Houston, he was only—I know you have James Harden there, which takes away some points. Well, but very like, small 15 role 15 well. points, like, the most that he's ever averaged in a season was 18.6. Now he's up to scoring 50 points in a game. He's at 23 points overall. And I just—I feel like me, trade him, move on— Start to get new blood in there because Austin Rivers, if he accepts a player option, he's coming back for 12.6 mil. You've already locked down Blake Griffin for he's going to make 31.8 next season. And then it's like DeAndre Jordan, yeah, if you don't get him, you can open up the money for him. But why not get picks to build this team? Because, yeah, right now you're the ninth right now. Mm Mm-hmm. But are you really confident that you can get the eight? Not just get the eight spot, but beat the Warriors in the first round. The problem is, is... They're doing. They're in the ninth seed with like one and a half healthy people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they can string together any sort of good health, they're a playoff team. But can period. they? And the thing too, I mean, I, I think Pat Bev's out for the season. Um, Milos is looking to return soon. Yeah. Uh, Blake is on and off being healthy. If Blake mm-hmm. can come back healthy, obviously that's a different story. Um, Danilo's dealing with something with his butt or something. He was he's missing six weeks as of uh, the twelfth of or the eleventh of December. So I mean. These guys are going to be coming back soon. Milos is going to be coming back soon. Danilo is going to come back soon. Blake has been on and off, but he is probably going to. I mean, he's not like out for the yeah. season or anything like that. Yeah. He's just dealing with a nagging injury. And those are guys that you know, two of them are starters, and Danilo and Blake and Milos can be a starter. Most likely would be your starter yeah. coming back since Pat Bev's out for the season. So, um, looking at it, I, I think you know it's really what are your goals in Los Angeles because you look at DeAndre DeAndre's come out and said that he wants to stay with the Clippers Lou Will also said the same thing that's why the contract extensions are picking up mm-hmm. you look at DeAndre he does have a player option for next year so that's the reason why the trade talks are starting for him mm-hmm. because he's most likely going to decline he you know probably yeah. can make more money than he's currently making right now of 24 uh, 24 a year. Mm-hmm. You look at Lou Williams, he just resigned, but it's a cheap deal for what he's providing for a team right now because, you know, it's 21, uh, 21 mil three years. That's a ton. I mean, that's not a ton for a guy that's popping off for, you know, whatever he's shooting right now. Uh, you know, he's shooting right now for 22.9 points per game, but like he's consistently always a 42% mm-hmm. shooter from the, uh, from the field and then about like a 35% shooter from three. So Lou Will is a consistently great scorer, a consistently great shooter, and getting that for seven mil a year is an absolute steal. Yep. So the thing is, is that not only are you getting a great player, but also you're maximizing his value due to his contract. Mm-hmm. So I think the Clippers really need to decide where they want to go 
in, in this because right now, of course, like you said, Dave, ninth seed right now, and they're getting healthy. It's just where can they get to if right. everyone's healthy? Are they going to be a sixth seed? Are they going to be a fifth seed? Um, because like Ricky said, you're going to be going up against the Golden State Warriors if they're if you're the eighth seed and you're going to be not winning that series. I mean, it's pretty clear. If you're, you're right. the, if you're you know the seventh seed too, and you're going up against Houston, you're most likely not winning that there, series. You can say the same only, with San Antonio. There's as only well. one seed that I like. If I'm the Clippers, if I say you know what. Can we get to the fifth seed? We're only, what, two and a half games back of the Trailblazers. Can we realistically get to the the fifth seed? Because the T-Wolves are the only team in the top four that I would want to play in the first round. Because, yes, there are some, like, I would go into that series going, well, this is a team that has a defensive coach, but they don't like to play defense overall and they get tired. We can just outscore them in that series. I wouldn't want to go up against San, San Antonio, wouldn't want to go up against Houston, wouldn't want to go up against the Warriors. But then there's a part of me that, depending on the DeAndre Jordan thing, do we go into the playoffs, get a lower pick, or do we trade DeAndre Jordan? Well, that would be the decision that flips it. Trade Lou Will, get younger picks, stay in the lottery, and have a chance for a high, for a higher pick. The ping pong balls can bounce however they want to. Yeah, and right now they're currently sitting at the 13th pick, mm-hmm. um, just in front of um, Philadelphia, and then obviously and I believe um, on in front of Tankathon, they're, well. the la- they're like one of the last picks right before, before the... Yeah, yeah they're 13th. So them or the 76ers? Like 13th, they're right in front of the 76ers, like I just said. Okay. Um, yeah, and then obviously they'll be pushed out if, if they jump New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the whole thing is, is if what are, what's the Clippers franchise's mentality? And, and what are they trying to go for? Are they just trying to make the playoffs and are they just trying to sell tickets? Then you should probably put everything you got into Lou Williams because <laughs> this guy's going to probably get you the postseason. And especially with Blake's coming back, Milos is coming back, you're going to be selling postseason games. You're only yeah. selling two home game tickets because you're going to be playing Golden State. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm worried that they're not realizing that, though, and that the future should be their plan right now because – Blake, while he is a great player when healthy, he's not healthy. And, right. and even then, he's not a number one on a team. I wouldn't be confident if Blake Griffin's my best player and I have to win a championship with him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not comfortable with that. DeAndre isn't going to be around in my, in my eyes. I feel like he's going to get moved. And maybe he comes back after that year. But even when you're doing that, he's going to be 30 years old, I believe. I think he's 29 right now. He'll be 30 years old, and you're going to have to sign him to a five-year deal. He's going to be 35 years old. Yeah, who wants athletic to pay $25 million for a yeah. guy who's 30? And athletic guys don't gracefully decline like that. I mean, mm-hmm. like when he's 35 years old and he's a big man at 6'11", <laughs> he's had a very clean bill of health throughout his career. But yeah. at some point, that body's going to break down. I mean, we expect that from every single athlete in the world except for Tom Brady and LeBron James. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, looking at it, it's a dangerous line to walk because I don't know if the Clippers have a true mindset of where they want to go. Because, again, Blake always banged up. He's right now your focal point in your franchise. You're not moving Blake right now. There's not a lot of talks of moving him, no. um, especially with him being injured. You really don't really know what you have in Blake. You want to maximize his potential and or you want to maximize his trade value, his value in general. And right now, such you a have, long contract, too. You got time. Yeah. Well, and the thing with Lou Williams, too, is that you just signed with that contract, but you're maximizing his value because mm-hmm. you have that guy for two years now. You have that guy at his peak performance. That's why these talks are happening right now, at least with the, the Clippers and Lou Will and trading him. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Do you feel like there's going to be a certain plateau that they reach or like a, a certain date that they reach and they're going to have to make a decision on Lou Will and, and all these players that they have like DeAndre Jordan before they go 
and and start making moves to either improve this team or you know making moves to get rid of players i mean what do you think is the date because you know i think even trade deadline and all-star date that's a little bit too late do you feel like in the next two weeks we're probably going to see something rolling on either contract extension for lou will or maybe trade talks for lou will i I think yeah i think lou will is going to be earlier i think deandre is probably the guy who we'll see right around like the boogie cap you know the end of the trade deadline is Mm -hmm. when we'll hear like the big push to try to get him how cheap are they willing to go where are the clippers at that point lou will i think if they want to assure him up and get him a new contract now's the time before he gets because again yes he's playing hot but it's not unrealistic that's the problem it's like you know what you get with him and he's been consistently a great shooter throughout his career and right now he's playing well and the thing is is like if you get to the point where he gets to like playing really well you're like are are we cool with paying him 17 million are we cool with paying him 20 million a year like where is the price range for him and I'm, i'm unfortunately thinking it will only go up the longer they wait and especially with you know the rest of their needs on this team i'm not i i think if they can get him for like 15 16 17 million i'd be cool with that yeah the one thing i do want to apologize for is the the fact that he is on his third year of that yeah, it, third year it was the contract yeah, I want to he signed in the lakers yeah so yeah. and and i forgot he was traded in that chris paul trade that was uh, the thing okay. that i messed up at um so i mean he's still cheap though for seven mm-hmm. seven mil for you yeah. know for for this year it's still a great deal for any team and that's why the trade options there it's because you can get them for the rest of this year so it's like how much value do you have for the six man of the year mm-hmm. like can they get a one for him yes absolutely well, and that's can. the thing that uh haley o'shaughnessy wrote for the ringers that they want a good first round pick yeah. for lou williams if they were to trade him uh the los angeles clippers were um so a good first rounder that's going to put you near the probably top half or mm-hmm. i mean technically the bottom half of the around that 15 to 20 range because you're not going to, you know, a team that's not yeah. in the playoffs right now is not going to trade for him. You don't maybe see the Suns Philly. going for him? No, but I mean, like, maybe, like, the only team that you would probably Philly get was, like, bonkers. Philly. If like, they were just like, nah, we're going to go for it this year. We're, we're going to be a playoff team guaranteed this year. What do you think Lou Will would bring to a team like Philly? Oh, my God. That would just be scary because, like, it's like adding so much offense off that bench. And this is pretty much saying that I'm not giving up on Markel Fultz uh, at that point, but... Lou Will would be the offense. He would be that second unit, and I could see him working so well with uh, all those young players. Oh, my God, that would be awesome. You got me totally like going now. Well, I mean, I'm just throwing out there. I'm well, trying to look I for mean, a good, a good first-round yeah. pick. And, and they have talent. Or they have picks to move, too. That's the thing. The yeah. only pick that kind of intrigues me, and this isn't for Lou Williams. This is just in general, and this is more so on the – because the date I'm thinking in my head is Monday, January 29th. So give it two more weeks. See what happens. However, with the schedule, you're playing some favorable teams if you're the Clippers. I feel like Lou Williams can go off against the Kings in two games. The Nuggets aren't playing too well. Maybe could go off against Utah. You get your test in Minnesota and then Memphis. The key ones are the playoff ones. Boston, New Orleans, Houston within that um, time frame. But I think the 29th is when we're seriously going to see the do we trade DeAndre or do we not trade DeAndre? Because they'll have a little bit over a week then to actually pull the trigger on any sort of trade since February 8th is the trade deadline. I don't know if Lou gets moved with that, but I think January 29th is when we see the kind of flip of, are we going to look more towards the future in the draft 
or are we going to look towards a playoff push? Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, when we hit that January 29th mark, what do you think we're ultimately going to be looking at with the Los Angeles Clippers? Draft. They're going to trade DeAndre Jordan for sure this year, I think. And, Los- and Lou Williams? No. I think DeAndre Jordan moves. I don't think that no nobody, they'll want too high of a pick for Lou, and no one will want to give it I up. I mean, Houston ended up, I mean, the Lakers ended up settling as well. We talked about that. Last year, that they wanted a higher pick, they ended up settling for the 28th pick, which was Kyle Kuzma. I don't think they'd settle on a pick for Lou Williams. If they settle on a pick, it's for DeAndre because the I feel like they'd get rid of him easier he than is, Lou will. He is having a better season than last year, but even still last year, pretty much the same boat and a mm-hmm. worse contract situation because he had two years left. At right. that point, yeah. he was traded to the Rockets, and now this year, only one year left. Dave, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that Lou will is probably going to get moved, and it's probably going to be a team that... Um, is going to do like a one-and kind of a deal. Maybe like the Wizards, maybe the Pistons, some of those teams sniffing playoffs, hoping for you know uh, a longer run. Mm-hmm. And honestly, both of those teams could do it in my mind. I think Lou Will is just, he, he's just instant offense for anybody. And I talked about what, last year or the year before? I think it was last year uh, about the Wizards trying, like they needed Lou Will. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they needed. They need a point guard off the bench who can not only score, for himself, but also get other people good looks. And that's exactly what he would give them. They whiffed once. Now they've got a decent run right now off their bench. Um, but it's still like, don't pass up on Lou Will. Like, team, I know they've mortgaged some of their future, but... The team that I would throw out there is Miami. Just with Dion Waiters just going down. Possibly need some scoring help. He's going to be a guy that can at least facilitate. He's going to have to throw in for that Dion Waiters role. And Dion did pretty much the same exact thing, but I think does it at a better pace because Dion Waiters isn't really consistent. Shocker. Lou Williams has been proven at least been consistent over the past years. But they don't have a pick. They don't own That's their pick That's what I was right going to say is um, kind of a follow-up is yeah. would it be— you can, if you're I mean, the, they're not afraid to trade picks. But if you're the Clippers, <laughs> would you want to pick necessarily this year or just but any pick? The idea is if you're trying to just go for the draft, like Dave yeah. mentioned, you're looking for the 2018-2019 pick you know, in, in that sure. draft. Because if you're building for the future, it doesn't matter when. You're still mm-hmm. getting picks for the future. Yeah. And I think I think both of them could get moved. I think there's a high chance. And again, like not not to buy into like the Jerry West mojo here, but like he was brought in as a consultant for a reason. They're playing above expectations already, and I really would like to see them get some more young guys in that he can help um, decide who's going to be the guys who are they're going to develop, they're going to spend time in, and build as the new core of the franchise. Because in my mind, like the CP3, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan days are done. Let's move on from it. Let's use what's left of them to go rebuild our future. Don't, don't get stuck with a bunch of old useless uh, guys who are always injured. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, Blake because obviously we were saying that, you know, CP3 is already gone. Uh, we mentioned that obviously, uh, you know, DeAndre Jordan's probably going to get traded this year. Just re-signing uh, Blake Griffin, it's definitely going to be interesting because he's he's a guy that's not staying healthy and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. through 2021. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Blake Griffin, especially with his health. If, you know, they do end up moving him, especially what a team would want um, or the Clippers would want if they ended up moving nah. him and going for a full rebuild. I'm just saying, if they're going for a full rebuild, I, Blake's I, not going to be in. The problem is, Blake, Blake isn't a guy who's going to, no offense to Blake, but he, if you have him on your roster, yeah, you're going to eat the cash for it, but like he's not a guy who's going to drag you into the playoffs himself. Mm-hmm. You don't got to worry about that. It's going to be interesting just to see what happens. But anyways, let's move in now to the Miami Heat. We're talking if they are legitimate contenders out in the Eastern Conference. Right now, they have skyrocketed to fourth in the East, winning six straight games, eight and two in their last ten uh, James Johnson's out there. He's so pumped up. He's fighting Serge Ibaka. <laughs> Deion Waiters got so excited that he twisted his ankle, and that was out for the season. Partying too hard uh, is Deion Waiters. That's a joke. I know what happened in game. Uh, it was it bombed. Don't worry, guys. 
Uh, but looking at the Miami Heat, obviously they had this crazy run last year. They were terrible in the first half of the season. Then it was pretty much after the All-Star break. They flipped that switch, Spolstra did, and got them back into the playoff hunt. Uh, Miami had that crazy season last year. We're kind of seeing the same thing, but a little bit earlier now, they you know, are timing it for the right time mm-hmm. of the season to make sure they get into the playoffs. Um, but do you think the Miami Heat are legitimate contenders, or do you think this is just a weird hot streak? Because we've talked about teams like, I don't know, the Orlando Magic being legitimate contenders. and now For real? Just, and now we are literally just talking. You, Dave, you called them Oakleys. You called the Orlando Magic Oakleys back in November, right? They were shooting like 60% from three. November or October, you called them Oakleys. I'm just saying, things can change. (laughs) They lied to me. Do you think this is going to be something that changes, like the the Folkley Orlando Magic, or you think this is an Oakley? You think this is the real deal of the Miami Heat? I kind of want to lean towards yes, but here's my realistic like talk off the hype machine, is right now looking that if the playoffs started today, the Heat would make the second round in my predictions. Like They would play the Wizards. The Wizards aren't as strong this year as we all thought they were going to be coming into the year. Mm-hmm. I think this Heat team, maybe with a move because of the Deion Waiter injury, like we talked about Lou, Lou Will, like getting a move to get a point guard to basically come in and fill the Deion Waiter's hole. But this Miami Heat team, I could see right now beating the Wizards in the first round, maybe giving Boston a series, and then losing to Boston. Well, they can, at least with Waiter's injury, they can, according to Bobby Marks of ESPN, mm-hmm. uh, could apply for a disabled player exception on Waiter's if the season-ending uh, injury leaves to him unable to play through June 15th. It would be worth uh, $5.5 million. So they can mm-hmm. uh, create cap room to get a player um, to at least uh, you know you know add to this team and add to this roster. We just talked about it with Lou Williams. Lou Williams is about worth seven. A year, so you know that would make up yeah. about, you know most of it right there. I think about three fourths. I'm not gonna do math on a podcast numbers, um, but you know bringing in a guy wouldn't be totally crazy. But is this really the truth there, Dave? Is this a team that could be in the playoffs and could be making you know the second round? In Ricky's opinion, and then, uh, in your opinion, do you feel like Ricky's opinion of making the second round is valid? <laughs> I'm just hold my saying. thoughts on that second question there, Sean. I do think that this is a team that can make the playoffs. Um, the one nice surprise is that. Bam is coming along a lot quicker than we expected. He is a big who can pass, who has energy, and I, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I like the balance of this team. It the, the problem that I see, though, is that Dion was basically their volume shooter. He was, he was their chugger. Wayne Ellington is now kind of picking up that mantle for right or wrong. That's what's happened, and I don't love that, and I, I'm a little concerned about that moving forward if his shooting numbers are not going to look great, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... Josh Rich, uh, Goran, and Whiteside are a great three together. I like the pickup of uh, Jones Jr. He is he brings some great defense. He can't shoot for a fucking lick from outside, but athletic kid, athletic kid, long, and he sticks on top of people. Phoenix already regrets letting him go. I can tell you from his fan base. Um, I, I like the team. I like the balance. The problem is, it's just like when I look at what holds them back, you're really relying on some guys who are not known for. Uh, being consistent, someone in like Kelly Olynyk, who is deadly from outside when he gets hot, but when he's not, he becomes a liability at times. Mm-hmm. Guys like Wayne Ellington now, who is filling in, like I said, for um, Dion, and just I don't trust. There's not trust there. Tyler Johnson, I don't have a read on this kid. Like he got his money, congrats, but I don't know. I don't trust him yet. Do you do you feel comfortable with Tyler Johnson? No, I mean, and this is a kid, what, two years into a huge contract, and, and Pat Riley ponied up, you know, with Brooklyn was trying to poach him away. I mean, obviously there's some talent there, and, and you see it in some of his games, and obviously, you know, a guy who's smart with players like uh, – 
Pat Riley is. And, yeah. You know, looking at Brooklyn, it's not like they're picking guys with who are talentless. They're not picking, mm-hmm. you know, great talents, but they're picking players who are talented. So right. it's not like this guy is talentless there's something Tyler there. Johnson. There's definitely something there. It's just there's not a ton of consistency. I mean, you look at um, from his games from December 15th, all the way to now, averaging around 14.5 points per game, shooting 54% from the field, 33% from three, 81% from the, the the line. But he really doesn't do too much for me. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to be you know grabbing boards for you. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be dishing out assists. He's not that great defensively. I, I think he's he could be something for them. I just don't know what it is. I think that when he's consistent, you could definitely see him you know being able to be not a liability defensively. You see him you know uh, helping out uh, scoring wise distributing the ball as well. Um, you obviously look at the game where he's put up like 31 points per game uh, against Orlando. Not too hard to do. Um, <laughs> I could do that. Uh, but, oh, uh, but you know, there's definitely something there with Tyler Johnson. I feel like it's just more about getting consistency with him and maybe having a bigger role and, and increasing that usage with uh, Dion being out, maybe that would help, and maybe they don't really need to go for somebody since they have a replacement there in Tyler Johnson. So mm-hmm. they at least think they have a replacement there, yep. giving them that type of money. So um, Tyler Johnson, but I, I think what I come back to is I don't think this is for real with Miami because I know this was a crazy spurt they went on uh, last year too, and they were able to make that a consistent spurt, and they were able to get close to making the playoffs last year. Um, and and I, I just don't think this is for real because I, I look at this team. And like you mentioned with Wayne Ellington, this is a guy right now averaging about 18 points per game since the middle of December. Mm-hmm. Wayne Ellington is not hitting his peak right now in his career. There's no way this is going to be something consistent from what? Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington is not going to be randomly uh, a guy that was you know, picked back in, uh, what was it, 2009 or 2008 or something, whatever that, 2009. 2009. Um, at the age of 30, he's not going to be out, you know, start popping off for 18 points per game. This isn't going to be something that's happening here. Um, you know, I think your best bet is going to be Tyler Johnson coming up. I don't think Bam is going to do this consistently. Bam had two nice games there recently, but I don't think this is going to be something consistent. This is a guy that's still going to struggle because he was very young coming out of Kentucky. He was very young last year, um, a guy that was super athletic, not very polished, a guy that was really um, got by in this athleticism back at, at Kentucky. He still needs time to develop. He still needs time to get his consistency in the NBA game. I don't think this is something that's going to work for them. I think Goran and Hassan are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Josh Richardson is a great shooter from the outside, but I don't think this is anything that's going to be certain for this team. And they're losing depth. Dion goes mm-hmm. out. We don't know what the, uh, the, the, uh, the thing going out with Justice Winslow. Sprained his knee. He's not really healthy right now. I already wrote that kid off a year ago. But the, that's the thing. Is <laughs> that they're lacking depth. And, yeah. and I don't think this is something that's where true. Um, you know, they're, they're going to need to make a big move, and that's just going to hurt them for the future if they do go and give up uh, one of their picks. Uh, later on, I know we just talked about that they don't have their 2018-2019 pick. Those are going to Phoenix mm-hmm. um, via New Orleans. Um, but I don't think this is re- for real. I think that Coach Spolstra can possibly make it real because I think he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. I think we had him in our top five last year. I yep. think that still holds true. But looking at this team, um, I feel like they're getting by on great coaching and, and a great system rather than great talents. I think Whiteside and Dragic are great talents, but you give me those players and they're you know the last three I'm looking at on, on a big three. They're not you know number one guys. I feel like their coaching is really getting them by so far. Well, before I was going to say what I was going to say to kind of help your point, the thing with the draft picks that I want to clarify is 2018 first-round pick will be going to Phoenix because it's top seven protected I don't see them finishing in the top seven. So 2018 will go to Phoenix. 
they will have then their 2019 because it would be it'd be like oh it defers oh, okay. that was 2019 yeah. yeah so they're gonna keep 2019 keep 2020 and it was 2021 that is in Phoenix so they have 19 they have 20 to if they want to work with but kind of to go back what you were talking about I know at the beginning I said that I could see this team making the playoffs if they if the playoffs started right now I could see them beating the Wizards in a first series and going out and then losing to Boston in the second round. But the thing I kind of look at, and I'm looking at the six-game win streak Mm -hmm. for the Heat, and I'm just looking at the wins, and I'm looking at the margin of score, and I'm thinking, I've seen this before this year. I've seen this exact thing. Oh, wait, the Bulls did this. The Bulls went on a ridiculous run where they won a lot of close games. There were some blowouts in there, but... A lot of the games were really close, overtime games, two-point games, one-point game, and that's what we're seeing here, where it's, you beat Toronto, like, good wins. You beat Toronto, but one-point win. You beat Oladipo, but it's only, what, an eight-point win? You beat Utah by one. You go to Utah, or you go to overtime with the Knicks. So there are a lot of close games, and that kind of sends off the vibe of, can you keep this up consistently? We'll see. They play Milwaukee twice. Um, once on my birthday, they play in three three next series games. Milwaukee twice, the Bulls once in Chicago. They have Houston later this month. They have Cleveland later this month. The thing I want to ask. I mean, it's this a fairly favorite schedule outside of outside Houston of and, and Cleveland, yeah. The next three is what I'm looking at because the Bulls one, it's like it depends on which Bulls team you get. Right now, the Bulls are kind of playing with some fire. Saturday so that could night, be a good, boys. That could be a good game. That could be a good yeah, game. That's but the Bucks ones. It is. And the Bucks ones could be – the one where it's like, that's the ones I look at. But I want to ask this, and this is kind of me throwing out a speculation there, kind of just a what if. Mm -hmm. What if the Heat go on a run and we end the season, picture this, Boston at one, Raptors at two, Heat at three, Cavs at four. No. Because right now they're only two and a half back. I'm just saying, what if Tommy, they knock the Cavs back into the fourth? I don't think that's going to happen. To where then this if is the not ca- a... Wait, wait, wait. Then if the Cavs win, they got to play the Celtics in the second round instead of the Eastern okay, Conference and win. Finals. And then that makes the Eastern Conference Finals easier for them. I mean, this is not a Cavs team that's not going to finish in the top three. And I don't think this is a Cavs team that's going to finish know. in the top two. This, I, could, no, I, this I, could be the year we're finally put to the test where we say for years, yeah, LeBron's team could be the eighth seed and they'll walk to the final. Someone mentioned in the comments we, that— We could put that to the test this year. I get, not I get seed, snippy and, and that I jump too much and say that my opinion is the end-all, be-all. Um, but And I'm going to do it right now. There's no way. There's no way. Just throwing that the, out the what the, if. And I'm saying to that what if, there's no way. There's no, no way, way that the Cleveland Cavaliers there's fall always past, a chance, fall past always three. A chance. There's always a chance. There's always a chance that I'm going to date a supermodel tomorrow. That's not happening. No, there's no chance there. No, there's, oh, there's a chance. You got to know one. What if, what if I meet one? What if I go to what the 7 to go get a Powerball ticket oh, right okay. now? And boom, right there is a, a supermodel. Right there, right standing right in front of me. And she, says, <laughs> and she says, oh, man, I need a date for tomorrow night. Why, uh, isn't it crazy that I want a 5'7 balding kid who's 20 years old? Huh? What if she was now. on the south side of Chicago in a 7-Eleven 
buying a Powerball ticket oh. and said, oh, you are just what I need right now, Then, boy. Sean, you hit the jackpot. Oh, there's a chance, though, Dave. <laughs> there's a chance because I'm going to go to that 7-Eleven. I'm going to buy a Powerball ticket. There's a chance that I run into a supermodel. Isn't there, Ricky? I think you're being a little bit overdramatic in I think situation. you're also being overdramatic well, as well. This I Cavs team said, is not, this I Cavs never team said it was not going, going to happen. To, this Cavs team is not going to fall out of the top I three. Isaiah Thomas will start playing consistently every night mm-hmm. for more minutes. They're not going to get worse. Period. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, no, you're, and you're being so... It's, it's not like... And this is a team in Miami that you... They're, they're right now are uh, at least looking at the top nine... Of the Eastern Conference, there are two teams with negative point differentials. Miami Heat and the Philadelphia... Uh, no, three teams, I'm sorry. Uh, Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks, and Philadelphia 76ers. Yep. The reason why the Bucks is so dramatic is because Jason Kidd, when he is not coaching them right, he is oh, making the them lose time. in blowouts. This is a team that is also going to be gaining Jabari Parker. You're going to be gaining players as well mm-hmm. as the season progresses, and they're losing because of their coaching, and that coaching is losing, leading to more blowouts. You look at the Philadelphia 76ers, they've been injured, they've been banged up. They don't have Joel Embiid for every single game out there. They're not a fully firing lineup. So this they're is a team that young. you, you can see. They can't yeah, close. And they're super young, too. So this is a team that has that reason to be having a negative point differential. Mm-hmm. You look at the Miami Heat, very veteran-heavy, a great coach. I think they're just... They don't have that talent got good to be role, there. It's two two really good players followed up by a bunch of role players who are well, overexcited. Well, they don't have you look, they you don't have a too. superstar. They lost it when D Wade was like, "I'm going to go home." Well, I don't even know if D Wade was a superstar. D Wade hasn't been a superstar in years. I would say, well, popularity alone. That's what I would say. Okay. Like it's yeah, Wade County for a reason. You, it's Waders County now. Bitch. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> well, I would never. Now. I would never. But the um, thing the thing that I, w- I wanted to mention is when looking at the point yeah. differential and looking at the splits and mm-hmm. wins and losses. It's just simple, simply, it's it's nothing crazy. The only thing that stands out is when they lose, they miss more shots. When they win, mm-hmm. they make more shots. There's not a huge Thanks, outlier. John Madden. No, but that's literally all it is. <laughs> you win the game by scoring no, more points. But that's the, the thing is that they're they're not winning on talent. They're winning on coaching. That coaching's not yeah. going to go away. But that talent is at least not going to be there every single night. And with the the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're going to have LeBron James out there every single night. They're going to have Isaiah Thomas out there, hopefully, for every single night. K-Love is going to hopefully be out there for every single night. It's just something where this talent isn't going to disappear from this Cavs team. This talent isn't going to disappear from the Boston Celtics. This talent isn't going to disappear from uh, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. Mm -hmm. I feel like this talent can definitely be exploited if you're the Miami Heat outside of Hassan Whiteside and Goran Dragic. Well, and I mean, the thing, I'm not arguing that the Cavs have— very well-coached team. Well, I'm not saying that the Cavs don't have more talent, but— Let's just take, I know they're playing the Raptors as we're recording this, mm-hmm. but let's take this into consideration. They're losing right now with a minute left with 128 to 97, and you've got LeBron James leading with 26. That Isaiah Thomas you talked about, 2 of 15 tonight with four points. You talk about Caleb. Okay, and he hasn't points. played basketball what in I'm, so long. No, no, no. He's, he's still getting in the rhythm but of basketball. But what I'm saying is, and this is, am I saying the Heat are going to pass the Cavs? No. I just asked the. What if for the discussion because they're so close? After tonight, that goes from two and a half to a two-game difference between them. And I think that with the Heat and with the Cavs, they both come down to one thing. Both of these teams, as we get closer to February 8th, they're going to be thinking the same thing. we got to make a move. we got to make a move to bring in something. The Heat, it might be harder to do. The Cavs, they're the team I would look at to bring someone in to be like, this is the piece that's going to help us in the playoffs. I don't think the Cavs are going to be making, to, looking to make a move. Exactly. I think, I think really? if there's a move out there, they're going to make it. 
But right now, it's not like this team needs to make a move. This team is still extremely talented. They're getting an all-star point guard back in Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. I think they need. there's probably positions of need. Obviously, you look at the center position and yeah. Tristan Thompson. I mean, like it, it'd be nice, but you're going to need to make a move for a star. And, you know, you don't know if you're going to be keeping that pick or getting rid of that pick in the Brooklyn pick because you don't know if LeBron's going to be staying or not. And I feel like that's going to mm-hmm. be something that they're going to have to come down to. And if they're not, you know, hesitant, if they're hesitant in that trade at all, I don't think they're going to make it. And I don't think they're going to go after and get rid of that pick to get a DeAndre Jordan. Let's just use I him. Just because, I don't think they're going to give up that pick. They already I'm, said there were early reports out that unless it was a game changer that they felt they would take them over the top of the Warriors, mm-hmm. they weren't going to move the pick, which yeah. meant DeAndre was a no at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at it, I don't know if they're going to be moving that pick and that's really the only th- reason why I think that like, that's the only trade of relevancy that they would, they would yeah. make to make me say this is a better team. Mm-hmm. Bring like, Bogut back home. Yeah, Those yeah. three minutes were fucking great. I want him to give an, get another shot. He I mean, like, more illegal screens. He got screwed. Uh, but looking Sorry. at Cleveland, I think they're hitting a, a rough patch right now, and mm-hmm. obviously it's not going to get easier. They're getting their butt kicked like by Toronto, like you said. They got Indiana coming up, Golden State, but then they get a little bit of clearance um, in Orlando, but then OKC, San Antonio. But after that, it gets easier. I mean, a little bit. You for, know, Indiana, for, Detroit twice, Miami. They have to play Houston, but then Orlando. I mean, Indiana, Oladipo could go off. For me, the, the problem just go is, off, like, man. So LeBron. <laughs> the, the longer I think about this, the, the more I think I'm crazy because I want to side with Ricky a little bit here ah. and say, well, this Miami Heat team, like, like we said, it's two two really good players and a bunch of uh, role players over-exceeding expectations mm-hmm. due to great coaching. Like, regular season wise if their strength of schedule is easier like there's a chance they can continue like off games the problem is that like in a playoff series how do you match up in a in a straight up series because mm-hmm. one-off games aren't a great representation of where your team truly is when you go one-on-one night in night out against the other team they're going to know how to shut down role players you're not going to have four nights in a row of kelly olenic drop in nine from the outside like mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen consistently so the, the, the thing for me is, like, they can position themselves really well during this regular season due to their setup, and, and that's awesome. But I don't have high expectations for them come playoff time. And looking at strength of schedule, I was about to say RPI, but uh, strength of schedule, mm-hmm. um, you look at uh, Cleveland and Miami. Uh, Cleveland has the lowest strength of schedule. Um, and looking at Miami, Miami's in the middle of the pack right now. Is so, that remaining? or uh, This is just SOS, according to... Uh, uh, ESPN. So I don't oh, know okay. if it's it's uh, remaining because you look at Cleveland and you look at Miami's uh, upcoming. Cleveland sounded has very different. <laughs> Houston twice, San Antonio, mm-hmm. Golden State, uh, Minnesota in there. Um, but it, there is a break after that. So I, I think w- what if you know the Cleveland's fall to four, like you said, they're they're just going to beat Boston. I'm just the, saying they're just going to beat Boston. No, what I'm just saying is yeah. if they fall to that four, they're just going to beat Boston in the semifinals and they're going to have an easier Eastern Conference Finals. Like I don't think that's going to be too different. I think that it makes it's it would gonna make be a things, fresher LeBron. I think it would make things a lot more interesting in the East if the if Heat were able to jump half. and they lost it. Well, just playing, having the Heat move up, Cavs move down. I would still pick the. The Cavs to win that series, but I don't think it's as easy as you make it seem. I, I, what I would say is, I think I'm, it's a seven would, series in the in the second okay, round. But I'll still take the Cavs. Like, it, it, there's no the like seeding does not matter to me if we're talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. If they're mm-hmm. at the eighth seed, I will still take the Cleveland Cavaliers to win the Eastern Conference. And that's Finals. what I'm saying. This year might put that to the test, and I love it. I don't really. I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm not worried. Like, that's might the thing put is, it like, to I'm the not, test. We've been saying that for years. I'm not. I, I'm not like afraid. I'm not mm-hmm. not afraid, but I'm not worried about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. I'm not like. This is still LeBron Sky James. Is I'm not going 
gonna yeah. <laughs> like you could put anything in front of LeBron James. I feel like he's gonna be able to bust through it if he has to go Except through. The Warriors. If he has to Bold. go through Boston in the first there. round, and then uh, you know, say Toronto in the second round, mm-hmm. and then he meets up with what the fuck would it be? Uh, you know, uh, if he if he the was Wizards if he was the, the fourth the the, the comp- are you saying final? if they were the fourth no, seed? No, I was just throwing out there. They were the eighth seed. They would play they Boston were... in the one. Mm-hmm. Then they would play either Miami or the Wizards in so, the second. I'll take yep. Cleveland. And then either four. Then either the Bucks, the Raptors, the Pistons, and yeah, I'll take. I'll still take the Cavs. I'll bet my house on it. No like bad. I'm not. Like it doesn't matter with that what if for, for me. I just feel like you know look at Miami. I think they're a very well coached team. We're not denying that. I just feel like they don't have that talent there. I think that they're probably going to be a playoff team and probably end up around that seven or eight spot. Philly also because Philly would then move into the seventh spot because someone would move something yeah. like that. I think Philly's going to end up a playoff team. I think probably New York's probably going to fall out and probably mm-hmm. the Pacers too yep. because I think Pacers are having a hot streak. But usually we see young teams fizzle out later. Um, and once teams can really get a better scouting report and, and kind of solve teams, um, I also don't love Nate McMillan as a coach. Um, he's been doing a fine Old job. Depot so far. and Sabonia are doing pretty great. Yeah, but I feel like at some point that floor is going to fall out. Pacers are going to get out. Knicks are going to fall out, and we're going to see you know the Miami stick in there and Philly stick in there. But I, I don't think I, I don't think Bulls Miami, are coming in. I don't think Miami. Watch yourself. I don't think Miami's jumping. Don't that, out. I don't think Miami's jumping that fourth spot. So okay. that's just my my opinion. Do you, do you think Miami can take any of these teams in a series? So that's the question. Is do you have would you favorite Miami over any other team in the playoffs? I'm just being the like, I don't want to shit on Miami. Washington, like, I would. Yeah, right. Right now, yeah. as playoffs are set. Uh, everyone below Washington and Milwaukee. Even though so Detroit and Indy, yeah, Detroit Indy, I would take okay. those. I would but say those plus the Wizards, just because that's interesting. Just because Wizards and Milwaukee have game changers. And I don't think there, there's a game changer on the Miami Heat. And I think the, the biggest game changer is Spolstra. And, and Spolstra, better than Scotty Brooks and Jason Kidd. I'm not making a hot take Miles there. Ahead, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would take I, I would take probably the Wizards and, mm-hmm. and Giannis. Interesting. Uh, to, 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 I, I would I would say probably seven games. But yeah, I'd take both of those teams. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Then? I mean, would you favor them over the Wizards and Milwaukee? And why? Not Milwaukee. I think that Milwaukee has. Right, he's sucking in Milwaukee. D. I, well, I, he is. It. I just Milwaukee's that team where I look at where they can just if they want if Giannis wants to turn it on for that team they can turn it on. Whereas I think the Wizards, it's maybe it's because they're down this year. I'm kind of overreacting to that, but I would be more scared of a team wingspan than I would in the Wizards. The, the funny thing is, I would I would take them over Milwaukee in a series because the polar opposite in coaching. Yeah, like you have Jason Kidd, the most inept coach mm-hmm. in game. Versus Spolstra, who is the best, if not top three, as far as in-game coaching um, and adjustments and play calling. Like, I, I just think that's a series that they could abuse them. Yeah. I think I think that's something that Milwaukee fans would murder me for. But like, you have to be aware of your weakness and knowing that it could be exploited as easily by Spolstra. That's 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 legitimate. But then, who's going to stop Giannis? Again, I, I don't like, have answers to every single question. I just have a feeling that like if there's a series for an upset, it's Miami I, I and, agree. and Milwaukee. I think I think that the, you know that's going to be the coaching advantage that the superstar again is yeah. Spolstra. 
and he can easily destroy Giannis, Jason Kidd. Say but, Giannis taking it to the rim over Whiteside. Like we've seen that matchup go both ways so far. But then also, I mean, it's just not going to be strictly that. I, mean, I know. And Giannis but if you're saying who's going to stop him, like it's not like Giannis is going to drop yeah. threes on him. So I know. I, I I feel though that that the star power on Milwaukee is just yeah, too it's, much it's to scary. It's so, scary. But if you can get and same with the Wizards, I feel like John Wall yeah. and and Bradley Beal is just too stupid to pass up. And I mean, just to throw it out there, when we were coming into the year, Eric Spolstra fourth on our. Coach's rankings, you had him at three, Dave and I had him at four. I blame you guys. Who, who did you guys have above him? Uh, I had Brad Stevens, Kerr, Pop. Pop, and Kerr, and David the same. Who did I have him? Did I have him below you Stevens? Had him you had him above, above Stevens. Stevens. Yeah. Oh, okay. You had Stevens hmm. at four. Which respect. I mean, I, I can't at, argue that. You had Pop at one, Kerr at two, Spolstra, Stevens, and then Thibodeau. The superstar for the Miami Heat is Eric Spolstra. That's yep. all I'm That's what we've say. concluded tonight. And I think, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I I think this team is going to end up at like the sixth or seventh seed. There's not that You're a lot of talent Miami? on the team. Yeah, I don't, there's not a lot of talent on this team. But anyways, let's move into our final topic. We're talking our favorite team here on the Fast Break Podcast, the Orlando Magic. We're talking if they get the number one overall pick right now, they are slotted at two behind the Atlanta Hawks. We're talking, though, if they win the lottery, because lottery has changed. Now, it's also every only by a half game, too, I believe, that yeah, they're behind. Exactly. So they can be they, they can be the number one team on Tankathon mm-hmm. uh, you know, if they lose a game and the Hawks yep. win one. Uh, but right now, uh, you look at you know the way that the lottery's been rearranged and everything, there are higher chances for Orlando to still get the number one pick, um, even if they are at two or three. Um, but looking at it, taking this all together, there's still a chance that Orlando gets the number one pick. Uh, before going to who they should take at number one if they end up landing there due to the lottery, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about who will be on this team in the future for Orlando because obviously this team's still pretty young. They just drafted Jonathan Isaac last year. Alfred Payton's still young. I think he's around 22 years old, 23 years old, uh, if my mind serves me correctly. Uh, Aaron Gordon, very young kid, looked great early on in the season. Evan Fournier, very young. Mario Zonia, very young. Vucevic, nearest prime. I think he's about 27, 28. So are there any for sure players that are going to be sticking around in your guys' mind for the Orlando Magic next year? I mean, it's Hazonia. Hazonia, I think, will stay. Gordon, I think, will stay. Alfred Payton, I think, will stay. But it'll be interesting to see if they but move on from Let him. me say that this way. Are there any for sure players that are going to be in the starting lineup? Are there any players that you need to keep in the starting lineup if you're the Orlando It's Magic? Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. You can just stop after okay. Aaron Gordon. Well, just making sure. They're, we're gonna, setting, we're they're not letting up. him walk. I know he's an RFA, but they're not letting him no, go. God, he's no. going to be back for sure. No, he's fantastic. They're not going to let him go. He's 22 years old. And he's Alfred, best Alfred Payton is the one I look at because, I mean, the thing that I look at at the top is what do you want to go with? If you're the number one pick— You're either going to go with three things. You're going to go with what everyone said during our mock draft. You go BPA, Mm -hmm. whatever that is for the Orlando Magic on their personal draft board. Mm -hmm. Or if you're looking positionally, you either go with a ball handler's point guard player to replace Alfred Payton, or you go with a big being DeAndre Ayton or Marvin Bagley. Those are your three choices. Either go big man, go point guard, or go BPA on your personal board. I feel like at least if you're going to keep Aaron Gordon, you can't go Bagley. If we're throwing that yeah. out there, just because they play such a similar position, we don't know what Bagley's position strictly mm-hmm. is. And I almost want to asterisk on top of that, Sean, to uh, your boy. If he comes back this year, Michael Porter Jr. could make his way back in conversation if he comes back this year. But I feel like that plays more into BPA than fit. 
Mm-hmm. Because Fit? I, I think he's be... well. I don't think he fits with the Orlando he's Magic and three. Eric Gordon. But I, they're two similar players. They're both super athletic. Right now, obviously, Eric Gordon's showing that he can shoot from deep. Right now, I think he's shooting yeah. still around thirty-seven percent from three. Um, you know, Michael Porter isn't that great of a, a facilitator. Isn't that he's guy that's going to be he's, 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 he's not. But, but he's but not, he's not like, like Ben Simmons. Yeah, he's yeah. that's what I'm saying. He's not a guy that can be. Uh, he, He'll he might be point guard you know point forward for a little bit, but he's not a you know point yeah. forward. He's yep. not a, a Ben Simmons for you out there. He's not a LeBron type out there. Okay, he is so more, you don't got he's more like KD in the sense of you know KD can dish the ball a little bit. And I'm talking early KD. K, early KD was more of a scorer. He was more of a guy that's going to set up his own shot rather than be a facilitator. Right. Um, Interesting. So I, I look at you know Michael Porter Jr. I think if you think he's the best player available, that's why you go with Michael Porter. But he's not a fit for you. And, and with Bagley, Bagley's not a fit as well just because he's going to be more likely a power forward. He's too small to play a center. Um, you know, I, I really don't know where Bagley's position is going to be. He could be a four or five. He's too small to play the five, um, and, and he's really not truly a four in my mind. Off Offensively, um, you know, I, I feel like he's, you know, he wants to be more of a point forward when I watch him play. Um, he's not really a guy that I, I have a position slotted in for. So I, I look at at least for this team, mm-hmm. it's either like Ricky said, either point guard, uh, BPA, or DeAndre Ayton. Really could fall into the fact though that you know maybe it's just a hybrid of all of it. You get uh, a small forward. And a point guard, a point forward in Luka Doncic, who I know you are absolutely loving. Dave. I was like, why do we keep saying BPA? Just say his name. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's just almost insulting. Well, I think that you made a good point that BPA could mean either Doncic or Michael Porter Jr. If Porter well, Jr. I think, comes well, back. Right now, I think most people have is their BPA. I mean, if you're looking at the tiers, it's mm-hmm. going to be in that top tier. It's going to yep. be Doncic and Ayton. Yep. Right now, I mean, I have Porter as my best, but that's just mm-hmm. because I had him coming into my best. I don't feel like that changed mm-hmm. due to this injury. But at least best fit for you know the Magic, it's either Ayton or Doncic. And I don't think really Porter fits with them. So mm-hmm. looking at what Doncic could bring to this team, pushing out pretty much Peyton, because, I mean, he'll offensively he's going to be playing the point guard. Uh, most likely defensively he's going to be you know guarding threes and twos. Mm-hmm. Um, Doncic being 6'8", six, 6'7", uh, six, around there, what do you think that he would bring to a team that's you know built around uh, Aaron Gordon and then Jonathan Isaac pretty much coming off the bench because he's not going anywhere? Um, what do you think he would bring to a, a team with you know Aaron Gordon around him? I um, I'm honestly not 100% sure yet because these are tools that he's never had anything like playing around him. Like he's playing in a in in the early league without guys who can do what um, Aaron Gordon can. Like there's no one in the early league who can do what Aaron Gordon can. Mm-hmm. That's it's scary. He's he's an athletic monster who has now, like you said, extended his range out. He can shoot from deep. He really is an interesting player. So that combo, I'm not sure. I know it'll be good. I know like adding Doncic won't be a bad thing for this team, but what specifically will it do for them? Good thing. Like that that's the shitty thing. It's like he's never played with anyone who can shoot, you know, as consistently as someone like Evan Fournier. He's never played with Gordon. He's never played with someone with the length and body size to abuse people like Isaac can in the future. So I honestly think it's a great fit for them going forward. The problem is, is like how much do they believe in, you know, Luca going forward and Euro players and do they feel like there's something, you know, shiny over there in Trey Young where he's got that superstar potential that Luca might not. 
it, it to them it's a it's an in-house decision that they have to make. You mentioned in the the mock draft that wherever the Orlando Magic end up, that you're slotting Trey Young there. So I why am. why did you say that, and why do you feel like do you, why you would you feel like you know Donatich would go over that? Because you're saying that they would probably go you know Donatich fits well with them. Yeah, I think Donatich is, is the player. best player. Yes. So why would you say that? You you were even saying if they land number one that they're, you're slotting Trey Young in there. So why do you think Trey Young fits that so one, well? That one might have been a little harsh, um, but. Even though, I mean, it's just Trey Young has, like, he's a, he's a super polarizing player. He has, like, uber superstar potential. The man will shoot from anywhere. He's incredible confidence. He gets shit for not being able to close um, at the rim, but to be honest. But he goes to the line. He goes to the line. He He's starting to play that whole body control game down mm-hmm. low and bouncing off people. Um, I think his game will evolve. I think he's a great player. And I think he's someone who is going to be a dominant player in the NBA if it pans if he pans out. Yes, there's bust potential there. Yes, you have less of that. Like, that's the problem. Is like, he has superstar potential, yes. Luka has star potential, maybe superstar potential, depending on how you see mm-hmm. him and how his game fits into the NBA. But Luka's floor is miles above Trey Young's. Mm-hmm. Trey Young could be a bust in Dunleague in three well, years, four years. I wouldn't even, whatever. But Trey Young could be something special as well. The whole Trey Young, Luka Doncic situation here yeah. is all going to get decided with one thing. There are reports like... That the Pistons want to trade for Evan Fournier. Mm-hmm. If the Magic pull a deal where they ship Fournier anywhere, then it's like, why wouldn't you go Doncic? Why wouldn't you bring back Peyton, bring back Gordon, and then draft Doncic and have your starting lineup be like Peyton and Doncic in your I'm the opposite Stan, way. Just wait, real quick, does Stan Van just want the Orlando Magic? Why is he just got <laughs> Tobias? He got fucking. He wants. He wants, he's he wants to trade for Fournier. He's proving a point. Okay, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, just throwing it out there. Tobias, get mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Fournier. If I mean, he knows the players. Yeah. Does he? Is he around for? I don't know. I don't think he was around for Evan Fournier. He got drafted for what? 2012. Couldn't even tell you. Yeah, and he was, he My, was he, yeah he was drafted in 2012 by Denver. Point so he, being, he didn't come around until 2014. <laughs> point being, if Fournier moves, then I could see Luka Doncic. I'm being almost the, the pick. opposite because like if Fournier leaves, you need somebody who can jack up shots all day. Does that not scream Trey Young? I mean, Luka can shoot. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but like as much as I'm on the Luka's the best player mm-hmm. train, like you have to well, admit that Trey Young has something special going on. Here's a question I'll ask you guys because I think we got this in the comment section of our mock draft. If you're drafting Luca, is he your if de facto primary ball handler all the time? Or is he the one where it's like, yeah, we have a primary ball handler, but we also have Luca who can bring the ball up well, as well and be a ball handler too? I think Luca's best skills is what he does, at least bringing the ball up and mm-hmm. at least facilitating an offense. I don't see him as a, a guy coming off screens, a guy, you know, being a spot up shooter, anything like that. Luca doesn't have that skill. So I would feel like, you know, if you're going to draft Luca, you have to at least bring out what he can passing the ball and facilitating mm-hmm. and using his handles to the best of your, your, your potential because he's not a guy that's going to be averaging around 25 points per game ever in his career. Maybe he hits that as, at his peak, but I doubt he's ever going to be a 25-point-per-game mm-hmm. scorer. I feel like he could be around you know, maybe like a 22, 20, 21 Point game per score, but I feel like he's going to be more of a guy that's like you know, a twenty-one fill, and eight guy. Yeah, twenty twenty-one eight and five maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be a guy that's very well balanced. I feel mm-hmm. like he's going to be you know what we see consistently now in the NBA. I mean, you look at you know guys like Jason Tatum, you look mm-hmm. at guys like Ben Simmons. They're coming in and they're doing everything for their team. Yeah. I don't feel like Luka Doncic is ever going to be the scorer for his team. I don't think he's ever going to be uh, a guy that's you know ever you know you know near the top of the scoring leaders in yeah. the NBA. 
I look at Luka Doncic as a guy that's going to bring the ball up. He's going to be handling the ball. He's going to be facilitating the offense. I feel like he's your modern-day point forward, just an international player that we really haven't seen. I know Ben Simmons is technically from Australia, but you, I don't yeah. think of him as an international player because he wasn't, you know, he, he played, wasn't he played at LSU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at Luka, I feel like he is exactly what you want in, in, in a point forward. Um, maybe doesn't have the skills right now to be exactly what a Ben Simmons is because he doesn't have that, that same athleticism and penetrating. And but build. he is more well, yeah. But he is more well-rounded. And, yes. and, and right now, I mean, you don't really need the build that of Ben Simmons to be a point forward because he could still be a bigger, you know, guard in this league. So right. I mean, you know, Lucas still has the ability to create and, and shake off defenders. So. I feel like the best choice for them would be Luka if they're going BPA and if they want to fill it out and still believe in Alfred Payton for some god-awful reason, they'll go Aiton. But I think if they have the number one overall pick, it needs to be Luka Doncic if you are the Orlando Magic. And this isn't, you know, due to, like, who I think is the best player. I think Mm -hmm. fit-wise, if they have the option to take Luka, you have to go Luka. And and that's at least looking at everything out out there, looking at Trey Young, who I feel like has a ton of bust potential, but also I feel like, Mm -hmm. like you said, he has... uh, He's like Baby Beard out there, man. He he is a mini mm-hmm. James Harden. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, people want to say Steph automatically, um, but I mean, yeah. he's and that's more just because of his range. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what he does passing the ball, it's, it's definitely been spectacular. But again, he's six two. If we're talking about you know build right now, this is not a he's guy a that's going to be able to go into yeah. the lane and handle mm-hmm. NBA defense. He's not going to be able to handle you know the contact and, and the consistent brutal beating that a body's going to be hating. You look at. You know James Harden. This guy is loaded. And you look at a guy like Chris Paul. Chris Paul, same height as you know Trey Young right now, six two. Chris Paul is constantly injured. Chris Paul is constantly hitting the floor and banging up his knee. I look at Trey Young and I feel like he's going to be more in that and mm-hmm. you know more in Steph's camp as well because Steph isn't a bigger guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Where Steph's consistently injured. I know he has you know problems with his ankles. Always mm-hmm. had problems with mm-hmm. ankles, but. Um, looking at you know Trey Young and, and Luca, not only is he safer, but I feel like he's a better fit as well in Orlando. So mm-hmm. I look at that taking all of it in, into advantage. You're either going Luca in my mind or Aiton, and you need at least in this day of age a guy that can create for your team and a guy that can be your guy that you go to every single time going up the court. I feel like Luca brings that to you, and scoring wise, you can lean more on Aaron Gordon because he's shown already that he's developing his game mm-hmm. to more than just an athletic freak, and I feel like he can take it to that next level where he's going to be your number one scorer, uh, at least for the Orlando Magic. But, I mean, looking at it, do you agree, disagree? Well, for I mean, me, I would say that when you say either Aiton or Doncic, I would change it slightly. I would say there's three guys that I could see Kamish coming up saying the Orlando Magic at number one select blank, and it's either Doncic, Michael Porter Jr., if he plays this season, mm-hmm. and Trey Young. Those are the guys. And the thing that I also look Not at even. is, well, the thing that I look at is, let's say the, I'm really buying in on maybe a Fournier trade. Let's say they trade with the Pistons, get their 20th pick this year, hypothetically. I'm looking at just my mock draft alone. You can go, I'll go point guard slash ball handler number one. And then at 20, I can either go two guard and Grace Allen. I can go with a center in either Mitchell Robinson or Daniel Gafford, like yeah, but if those you guys, get that pick from those the guys Pistons, don't have star potential. Like those guys but, are projects. But the star that, like in this league, I am going with, and I've said it before on podcasts. If you ask me, Ricky, do you want a star in the backcourt or the frontcourt? I'll pick backcourt all day. I want my point guard and my shooting guards to be my superstars, not my big guys. And I mean, I'm not super familiar with this trade, but like you're going to give up Fournier, a guy who is shooting as well as he is, uh, you know, 46% mm-hmm. from the field, 39.6 from three, dropping almost 18 points a game. 
and you're going to get back like a 20th pick? Like, mm-hmm. what else are you getting in that deal? Because well, that, that is not a good deal. He's, he's under what? contract for two more years after this. Is right? it two or is it? I think it was longer than that when I looked at it. Maybe I was looking at it wrong. But he's got well, he's got a player option. Two and then a player option. Okay. Yeah. So, so 2020 is his player option year. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you also look at Fournier, though. He's chucking up shots. So how much of it? And he's doing it. I say it's efficient. He's doing it efficiently. Chucking, and I mean, but, he is. But, I mean, he's been on a bad team for two straight years and averaging 18 points per game. So how much of that is just the fact that he's getting the opportunities? I mean, again, he's doing it he's efficiently. He's without having. Having, he's doing yeah. it. He's doing it efficiently. But my my thing with Evan Fournier is if he's going to a team like Detroit where they have Reggie Jackson doesn't pass the ball, they have well, to- Toby, they have uh, Andre Drummond. How many opportunities will he Avery get? Bradley? A- Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley. Well, how many? Yeah. How, how many? How that, many? Though, how many opportunities will he get, and will he be able to capitalize on those? The thing is, and this is from Woj in the article, it's Detroit pursued a deal with for Fournier. But it would have been hard to execute without Reggie Jackson's contract included, even mm-hmm. if Detroit decided to include oh, Luke Kennard in the deal. So oh, it looks like Reggie Jackson, maybe Luke Kennard could have been in that deal. So if that Fournier comes over, you won't have to deal with Reggie Jackson in Detroit. That no. would have been a spicy meatball. Yeah, but then you have to deal with Reggie Jackson or Orlando. That's some 2K shit I would be down for. <laughs> yeah, I would then, sit, then, then that's <laughs> another deal. Let's say for this is just hypothetical. That's all draft is. They give they get rid of Fournier. They bring in Reggie Jackson. How does that change all this? Nothing. Reggie well, Jackson should be not on an NBA team. <laughs> but does God. that change things to where it's like, well, we're not going to go Trey Young. We're not going to go Doncic. They should. They will, <laughs> wait, if if they get Reggie Jackson, then then take Luca. That makes it just, easier. This Rick, is that makes just, it hundred percent easier. He's just got a vendetta out there for this straight is, up. He's is, coming <laughs> after Vucevic. No, he wants DeAndre I mean, to if, be that pick. The, straight up. What I want to say is, and is if. They should not go Trey Young <laughs> in any sense. Uh, really, of the way. do not go Trey Young. I, I mean, I, if they're no, the number one, if they're three. Again, this is based. If this is, two this is get. This mm-hmm. is based on the number one overall yeah. pick. What if they're number? I, they one. are the number one overall pick. Do not go yeah, Trey Young. If they're if they're three, four, five, definitely think about it. But if they are the number one overall pick. Luka Doncic should already be getting his Orlando Magic jersey. Yep. This guy should be well, your number one pick. I agree. It's a hat at the draft. Right? He should be getting the jersey okay. anyways. He's <laughs> they, can it mail, on. they can mail him the jersey ahead of time. Okay. He's going to be getting the jersey at some point, so just mail it to him. Luka Doncic should be your number one pick if you are the Orlando Magic. Because, again, Aaron Gordon is a great player. I think those two compare compare very well together. You look at those two in a pick-and-roll setting, it would be filthy. Because... You look at Doncic's ability to get to the hole, and you look at Luka's ability to pass as well. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. has incredible passing skills. He's a guy that's completely well-rounded. He's a guy that's going to at least take away from at least Aaron Gordon's athleticism. And you know, I'm not saying Aaron Gordon gets by strictly by athleticism alone, alone, but he's a guy that definitely excels from his athleticism. He, he kind of starts the same mold as like Blake Griffin, almost. Yes. Yeah. And you look at Luka. Luka is that guy that's strictly fundamentals, like not strictly, but like he is based on his fundamentals of basketball. So he's going to be a guy that is at least going to be a nice pair next to Aaron Gordon. And you look at Jonathan Isaac, he's going to be able to fill out that that defensive role that you need in a team where you're going to have Luka because Luka's not that great defensively. Mm-hmm. So if you have a guy like LeBron James, you can push Luka over to you know the, the fucking two and have him guard there. And then Aaron or Jonathan Isaac, probably Isaac because he has that length and ability, he can, and hopefully what you want him to develop yeah, so into, could be, a, could be a defensive stopper because he can guard that 3, 4, and 5 position. That's what we were saying consistently mm-hmm. going into that NBA draft. But I think if you're going to 
being the number one pick, it's Luka for sure. But maybe Aiton wins out because he does have that athleticism and he does have that ability to possibly turn to a shooter as well. I mean, we've seen his, his mid-range game be pretty decent this year. I'll tell you this. If that trade, the one that Woj says, if they give up— happening. I know, but if yeah. they get Reggie Jackson and Kennard for Fournier, they'd go DeAndre Aiton at number one because— You'd get Kennard, who would be, okay, he can be slotted as a shooting guard. Reggie Jackson's obviously point guard. And then in that case, I don't need Trey Young. I don't need Doncic. Looking at the center contracts for the Magic, Bismack Biombo, player option 2019. Even if he accepts, he's off the books in 2020, not returning. Vucevic, he's 27 now, 28 and 18, 29. He'll be a free agent. I can decide what to do with him around 29. And I can have Aiton there either being the, hey, you're going to be the kind of third guy year one. No, Not really. No, Aiton's starting no. right away. Bismack Biombo's done. What was I saying? I'd scratch that. Bismack Biombo's done no. when they draft Aiton. Vucevic is number one. No, what I'm sorry, saying Vucevic, is, uh, Aiton's number one. What I'm saying Vucevic. is Bismack is getting pushed to the side. And yeah. I could see them going a center and just being like, you know what? We'll eat the contract of Bismack, whether it's 19 or 20. Oh, man, I hope they don't do that deal for Reggie Jackson. <laughs> That would be such an Orlando Magic move. It would be. I mean, that's, that's you need more starters, This is a guy man. that doesn't pass <laughs> or do anything. He's not a team player. He's not a be- You uh, need more starters. You're ruining my time. I'm telling you. <laughs> so bad for these Orlando Magic they should fans. Take, they should take Luke if they get one. And I think anywhere beyond there is is uh, definitely Trey Young territory, though. Yeah. Because they are going for that. They, they, they're going for that superstar pick. They're going for the potential. They'll eat the bust if they have to. But they need a game changer. So that's how I feel about it. Reggie Jackson's not a game changer. No, no, he's not. <laughs> I cannot. I, I, I would like, like Kennard. Kennard as, you know, he's a nice a piece, two, but he's not. You know. too. I mean, he'd be a nice. He'd be a nice fifth starter because he's you know you he's a good shooter. Are you, are you gonna he's elevate athletic. him over Mario Hazonia? Yes, he's putting mm-hmm. his dues. I mean, honestly, like the only player that I would want on my team, like if I'm if I have a starting five and right yep. now currently where they are, if I have a starting five and I have them picking from the Orlando Magic, there's one guy I will take, and it's Aaron Gordon. I'm yeah. not looking at anybody else. I don't want Fournier. I don't want really. I, no, I don't want the, Fournier. The Fournier I don't want surprise. I Alfred think he's Port, a decent Alfred player. I, I think he's decent, but for starting out, no, I'm not going for him. Wow. I, I, I don't want him. Then would you oh. trade him? Not necessarily oh, for Reggie Jackson, 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 but trading him yeah, in he, general. He's yeah, shipping everything. Yeah. If he's Orlando. Oh okay. yeah, they strip that team. <laughs> they should strip that team boneless. Besides, you know, Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac, in my opinion. Uh, I, you know, Jonathan Simmons is just recently signed, but he hasn't been great for them. The uh, most Spates thing is just confusing. Why? Why did they go after most Spates? Why are you asking me Orlando Magic questions? Because you're about the expert. Why, of why they did something? You are why, our expert. Why do they sign Bismack Biombo to an eighty million dollar contract or seventy million dollar contract? Because of that one contract? playoff series, man. Jesus Christ! One if they series. if they trade for Reggie, if they trade for Reggie Jackson, I will quit this podcast. Oh, oh. I will make that. You heard it right Spicy. here. Spicy. Okay, oh, no, maybe not. Damn. Ricky going to that side of the desk <laughs> next week. <laughs> Maybe I don't think I it's happening that. next week, Dave. <laughs> this this threw me off. <laughs> Sean's vibe is gone. I didn't think like I like there, how, the, the sad thing is, I, is that there was talks about well, that. Here's here's the Hold thing on. I love. We get a comment that it's like, "Hey, Sean's opinion is uh, end all be all," and I throw two things at you that are Sean's end all be all. Oh, <laughs> Hold on, just don't trade that. for Reggie Jackson. That's what I'm saying. I know. Definitely take Luca, but that's what I'm saying. No other the whole, what what There's Reggie no Jackson chance. would what Reggie Jackson would bring is the lack of mobility on that offense, mm-hmm. and they already don't have ball movement on that offense. I mean, this is a team early on that was having success when they were moving the ball. Mm-hmm. That has pretty much gone away. This team has just floundered offensively and defensively. This team has just fallen off the map completely. 
Like, I expect them, they would go watch Folkley's Oakley's back from November. Oh, shut um, up. But this is, a, this, is, my face forever. this is a thing where you bring in Reggie Jackson, and it's not like he's magically going to become a playmaker for you. It's mm-hmm. not like he's magically going to start caring about basketball and anything other than Reggie Jackson. Okay, he's going to be his. a bum because he's yeah. currently a bum in Detroit, and he's not going to change because you add him to a terrible Orlando Magic basketball team coached by the blandest mayonnaise boy in the world, Frank Vogel. I think that about sums up Tell me how you really thoughts. feel. I did. I magic. And just one last probably I think, note. The, yeah. the draft doesn't change until 2019, the rules for the percentages. Mm-hmm. So this will be the last year that the number one pick will have the highest percentage. I got yelled at one of you kids in the comments about, and I'm calling About the percentage? About the percentage. 2019 is when it goes into effect. Ah, oh, whatever. This is confusing. This is why there should be no rule changes. This is why I should go back to 90s <laughs> basketball where, Hell the, yeah. where the envelopes are that. frozen. I'm all for that. Teams are picked. The Knicks are in every envelope, so that uh, so that uh, Stern can't oh fuck God. it up. This was a rough podcast, but I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Brought to you by Most Valuable Podcast. Mm-hmm. I was watching old videos uh, back when we were doing uh, previews. Yeah. I used to intro it as the Most Valuable Podcast. Yeah, you did. It was horrible. The Ohio State. That's what horrible. you were doing. Jumping these. Horrible. The Ohio State. Um, but anyways, uh, if uh, you're Orlando Magic uh, fans, uh, do you guys have the suicide prevention uh, number Hotline? pulled up? Hotline? Yeah, no, just I scroll don't. that across the yeah, bottom. Just do that in case of Reggie Jackson trade to Orlando Magic. <sighs> Put that up there because... It's going to be some dark days in Orlando. If Because he's for under a, contract for a while. You know, I'm too. hoping for my boy, Vagberg, uh, on Twitter, uh, who made a, an excellent uh, an excellent video on the 2017-2018 uh, the Orlando Magic, um, and my buddy on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, he, he has hashtag loose for, for Luca as his name mm-hmm. on Twitter. Yep. Um, I'm hoping they get Luca for him, because that's going to be the perfect fit for them. If they're not able to because he's just off the board, then that's fine. But if they pass him up, that's going to pain yeah, you just start bouncing my head off the table a because little bit. Because I think this is going to be a guy that, you you know, in Orlando you need stability. This kid can bring you stability and more. I think Aaron Gordon showing you that he could be something very special in this mm-hmm. league. And pairing those two is definitely a the right step in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in moving this franchise forward and finally getting something uh, relevant in Orlando since, you know, 2010 uh, when you had Dwight Howard. And I feel like you need to get that going sooner rather rather than later. And I feel like that's the reason why you need to go a guy like Luca over a guy like Trey Young or over a guy like DeAndre Ayton who can't play defense. You need someone who's going to be stable out there. Luca is going to be able to bring that to you. Uh, and, and Reggie Jackson for sure is not going to fucking bring that to your team. Uh, anyways, uh, tell us what you think down in the comments below about any of our topics uh, that we talked about this day. We talked about Lou Williams, talked about uh, Clippers, talked about uh, Miami Heat. We talked about the Orlando Magic, obviously, mm-hmm. as this is the topic. Uh, for Dave Oster, Ricky Whitmer. Uh, Don't forget your housekeeping. Love having them in, in the podcast. I was about to get to it. I was okay, just thinking, okay. you guys. I got um, worried I when he started saying names. I, I was like, oh, no, guys. we're done. Well, now you guys aren't <laughs> talking anymore, so that's why uh, I'm leaving you go. Okay. But, uh, you know, thank you guys for joining us, as always. I love having you on the You're podcast. Um, guys, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash podcast. Also, check out mostofpodcast.com. You can check out shirts there. You can check out our about pages. You can find everything from the Rick and Johnny podcast, Brandon Swanson's podcast. Uh, that's what I think over there. You can check out Primetime Podcast. You can also check out the Onside Kick. And also, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, give us five stars and, and add a comment if you like as well. Uh, thinking what you uh, think about the Fast Break, Onside Kick, Primetime Podcast, and Rick and Johnny. We <laughs> love hearing you guys' feedback. Uh, and if you're listening on Bug Talk Radio, also a huge shout out to you as well. Dave Oster, Ricky Whitmer, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.